episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is the biggest Doc Connors fan on the internet, my friend Eddie. How are you doing today, Eddie? I'm doing great. I'm a big fan of Doc Connors. I'm very excited to uh, to watch this movie that we're going to review today because it has a lot of lizard in it. Yeah, I, I know that the lizard is really, you know, one of your top villains, uh, if you call him a villain, of all time. I know you love everything he's about and his behind the scenes. I don't know if the one in the movie does the same kind of stuff for you, that the same kind of feelings that the one in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man annuals and regular yeah. books do, but we will find out today, won't we? What we're going to do today is we're going to compare the Amazing Spider-Man 2012 movie with Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone to the Amazing Spider-Man comic book from 1962 with Steve Ditko, Stan Lee, and rolling into the John Romita books as well. Okay, Eddie? Okay. So we do have one question from Twitter. Uh, our Twitter account, for those who are not following us yet, is at Let's Read Spidey. And Spidey is spelled with an E-Y. And our question comes from S-A-M-M-M-B-E-N-G. And they ask... How does Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Peter Parker compare to Peter Parker in the comic books? Eddie, you want to give this one a try? Well, I think there's a lot of similarities and some differences. Uh, this movie, um, Peter Parker, is much more angsty, I guess we could say, moody. He seems to oscillate wildly between, you know, being really upset about something to really like being into Gwen and really bold too with Gwen and also kind of how he moves around. He's very bold often with flash and with his costume and taking his mask off and everything like that. I, I think the I think the Steve Ditko, Peter Parker tends to be more timid than the John Romita, Peter Parker, and I don't know what happens in future issues, how bold Spider-Man gets, but uh -huh. uh, I agree. He doesn't remind me of the early one, but I think when he's the Andrew Garfield on the skateboard reminds me of the <laughs> Rock-a-Lickin' rock you know, yes. red motorcycle that Peter has as well. He's definitely more bold later on in the John Romita um, comics than he is early on. I agree with you too, James B. Anything else about him that strikes you very different or similar? I, in this one, I, I, he's more. He seems to be much more bitter often, and I do think it's because they play up his parents a lot more in his young life. So it's not a terrible thing to be as bitter as he is sometimes, but uh, I, it's definitely a different vibe from Peter Parker than we're, we've seen in the comic books. Yeah, he's a more happy-go-lucky. That being said, at the end of every comic, you know, what's his mood? Well, I think he's also in the. I think if you just say this, I think he's also in the comic book, much nicer to at least Aunt May and most other people around him, where he seems a little less nice to, more more indifferent, you know, to Aunt May. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think he seems a little I, more indifferent to Aunt May. Yes, I much more grateful, we could say, about his situation. Whereas this one, he just... Look, I think his parents really play a big part in this movie of making him angry often. Yes, he does have that whole scene where he 
gets really angry about why his parents leave him. Yes. And in the Tobey Maguire movies, basically that Ben Parker like was his dad. You know what I mean? He has a completely yes. different uh, attitude about it. So, all right. Well, thank what? you for that. Thank you for that question from Twitter that uh, somebody wrote in when we ask for questions at Let's Read Spidey. And if you have a question for a future book that we haven't gotten to yet, and you can look ahead on our Podbean site or on our wherever you get your downloads, and if you see that we're coming up on an issue you want to talk about, you can get your question in early as well by sending it to us either at Twitter or, of course, at Let's Read Spider-Man at gmail.com. Woohoo! I noticed that the whole beginning was the parents had something to do with the spiders, and that was, of course, not in the book. But at least, uh, at least they started off with spiders and having him get bitten by a spider. So at least that was consistent. Yes, yeah, and the spider that he gets bitten by too. Not only it is they do state it to be genetically modified, but you can help me here, James B. If I miss this. They're talking about a radioactive decay within the animal. So I assume the spider has also been uh, modified by, you know, radioactivity or atomic energy, which is very uh, true to the original spider that bit Peter Parker. Yep, I agree. Yeah, it's in there. What do you got? Um, well, I, I was going to talk about how uh, Peter Parker creates his own web shooters. Sure. And his own mask and his own costume. He seems to be very good. He, there's a whole like sequence where he researches, researches what costume, you know, what kind of fabric he should use for his costume. <laughs> and I rather enjoy the realism of how he had to go through the paces to make this costume. We know he complains about it a lot in the comics, but he makes an incredible costume too in the comics. Another thing I noticed was of all the, I'm all about, having different actors play different roles. I don't care if you change genders or diversity, but this Flash Thompson looked the most like the Flash Thompson we're going to see of the of the three in the movie. So it was nice to have a blonde Flash Thompson for at least one of the movies. Oh, you're right. He had so little hair, though. His buzz cut really didn't, didn't help me for identifying who he was particularly. <laughs> um, I had a... I like the explanation of the spider sense. Uh, the whole subway battle that they had... Um, where Peter is kind of, I don't know what we could say, like gaining his powers in the subway. And the spider sense, it seems to be involuntary. Did, did you notice this? How do you think it is in the books? You think it's involuntary there too? I think it's involuntary, but he seems to have like a conscious knowledge of it, as opposed to like, it seemed in the movie, like someone was going to throw a punch at him and he just like moved and his body did it. And he's like, whoa. What just happened, you know? Which... Sure. I also interpret it differently when, right when he first gets his powers, like he hears sounds everywhere and like the little, like the light from the windows bothering him. Everything's bothering uh -huh. him. He's, his, his heightened sentences are driving him a little crazy. And I think they wanted to show that he didn't have control over his own senses. Like he could sense everything. Did you catch that or not really when I... he was in his room? Yeah, I agree completely. He didn't seem to have a good control of the powers that he had. But I, I, I did think that this was a good, a better explanation, actually, than in the book. The spider sense is so vague in the book. <laughs> I mean, we know, like, people are able to contact him through his spider sense. People are able to gas him to get rid of his spider sense in the book. And the spider, like, sometimes his spider sense doesn't work so well in a room. And sometimes he can tell where something is 
miles away in the city or whatever. So I, I thought it was a much more interesting and kind of accurate uh, explanation of the spider sense um, being this thing that was controlling him without him consciously thinking about it too often. Eddie, one thing that I noticed was how they treated his wearing of glasses, which I talked about when we reviewed the Tobey Maguire yes. uh, Spider-Man movies as well. And he starts off in the beginning as a little kid, and they make him put on his glasses. And then later, did you catch, they had him take off his contact lenses because they want to show you that he still wears glasses. They're very adamant about letting us know that he wears glasses. Um, let me uh-huh. just let me just jump in with another one, too, if you don't mind. He goes to a school, which is now called Midtown Science High School. Did you happen to catch this? Oh, I didn't see the it's, science part. Yep, the initials are now MSHS. Um, mm. And Gwen is at his school now. Of course, he meets her in college, as we know, in issue 31 of the book. Um, but boy, she is definitely a science major when uh, he meets her, as she is the you know future valedictorian slash works <laughs> at Oscorp as a as an intern for Doc Connor. So like she doesn't have to announce like she did the other day. By the way, I'm a science major. We we definitely know that. <laughs> yes. I I this is a great I mean, it's very true to the book in that she said she's a science major, but also I love the expansion of Gwen's like savvy and academic skills and clearly at Oscorp she's highly valued because she's leading the tour of her high right. school seniors. She's not leading Rodrigo. He's not <laughs> He takes, yeah, a little bit of mishap there, <laughs> which was a, was a great little uh, thing when Peter assumes the identity of Rodrigo. Um, but I, I do really like Gwen's expanded responsibilities, both in the realm of like science, but then in like, you know, all through the movie, she's, she's very important, often doing things. Eddie, another thing I noticed was that in the first movie, they are seniors i believe yeah and in this movie they're also seniors but in the book he starts off as a sophomore now of course he meets gwen he's in college but the fact that we're going to start off everybody as a senior um you know not they're not seniors in the uh in the new series with tom holland but they're seniors here what do you think about them being seniors and not sophomores i i don't know it's fine it's just a big change i guess from what what they had before in the well, books in the books in the books yeah, yeah. um uncle ben's death similar a criminal yeah. escapes that peter could have stopped and peter doesn't stop him because the guy who was being wronged by the criminal was being was wronging peter in some way i mean you know a little less here the two cent argument as opposed to the couple hundred dollars difference right yeah did did you feel it portrayed accurately what was in the comic i thought that was a a good way of giving us the exact same feeling i felt like yeah this was a great i didn't come away from it thinking oh my god this is completely different i came away from thinking like wow this is the same exact feeling of the guy kind of wrongs him gives him some kind of joke about not my problem i think he says not my policy right yes it's it's yes. it's like it's like we're updating this version i thought it was i thought it was excellent yeah, it was very similar. I agree. The emotional kind of response that Peter had um, to the criminal escaping. The uh, the one thing that's different here too is we don't you don't get that whole scene where he goes wrestling, which happens in the book, and then it also happens in the Tobey Maguire movies. But he does land in a wrestling ring at one point, and he sees the Lucha Libra costumes. Did you see that? 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. You're correct. He he is in a wrestling ring when he kind of discovers his uh, identity yep. and gets the idea for his mask. Yeah, they wanted to throw that at you. There is there is a reference huh? to his, I've seen your face somewhere. I have in my notes that someone said, like, hey, I've seen your face. And that gives him an idea where he needs to have his face covered. Yes. So uh, was that the was that the guys he's chasing down, fighting? Yeah, one, at one point someone says he's seen him before. Right, I've seen your face, and he's like, "Okay, I got to prevent that from happening." So, uh, what else you have, Eddie? Uh, I got. I, I'm ready to move ahead to the lizard. You ready to talk about the lizard? Sure, I've got uh, a couple things near the end of the movie too. So go ahead. Uh, okay, all right. So the lizard, I, I, I think the lizard is very true in how he, uh, first of all, becomes the lizard, like the way that his hand forms and then he turns into the lizard and i got a i got a few problems with like the lizard's physicality but the lizard still he he seems to be able to control reptiles and he also is bent on creating people turning people into reptiles it's not quite the reptile army of the the, you know the comics that we read about but with the same vein yeah i i thought actually more stronger than you did I felt that he really had a goal to make lizard people in the same vein, and I thought he did more lizard people making here than I've ever seen him do. He actually made those police officers into, like, scaly lizard people, right? It was startling to see how how he did that. <laughs> that's, that's what the lizard's plan's been, but he had a purpose behind it. Like, hey, this is the new evolution um, you know, this is this is going to make everybody better. Like the lizard, I think, wants to make lizard people because he wants to have a lizard army to rule the world. But this guy's like, no, no, this is a good thing. We're going to help everybody else out. So I, it was a better purpose of why he was going to do this. And uh, I really I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really smart the way they handled it. I, I agree completely. Flash at the end of the movie was really nice to Peter. Oh my goodness! From sorry about your uncle to like, hey, how's it going? Like they really, they really closed up. They made him friendlier really fast. Did you disagree, or did you notice? It, or it, it was Harry Osborne esque, right from the books. Nice, yeah. It was, <laughs> Harry it was a... just flips so quick to being friendly. He had a Spider-Man shirt on, though. It was good to see. That was nice. I like that little comment at the end. It, it signifies Flash's, you know. Uh, huge fandom for Spider-Man in general. I don't know why he was suddenly friends with Peter. There had to be something like, "Don't beat me up anymore." I'm sorry, I was a jerk to you, or something. Or I don't know what it was. Or just the fact his uncle died. I do think there should have been a, a moment if he was going to flip like that, similar to how Harry had, you know, so much trouble with his father in the comics, and Peter came to like be nice and sympathize with him, even if it was for a second. James B., do we have a sponsor for today? Oh, we do have a sponsor, Eddie. Thank you for asking. And Eddie, today's sponsor is one that you can take advantage of, unlike some of the previous sponsors we've had lately. All right. Eddie, why be involved with a regular high school or even Midtown High when you could be part of Midtown Science High School? That's right. MSHS is accepting applications for new teachers and students due to some recent departures after one student, Flash Thompson, was beating up some freshmen and then got in a fight where he punched a student numerous times while the crowd just watched and teachers did nothing. And then that same student smashed the school's backboard causing thousands of dollars in damage. In addition to a new backboard, 
MSHS will be getting a new chemistry lab after a nine-foot-tall, 500-pound lizard tore through the school, destroying many classrooms. But it was time for an update anyway. So with some recent withdrawals, there is now room for you, Eddie, or our listeners, or your children, to join the Midtown Science High School family in Queens, New York. Check out the reviews on Yelp and Niche.com. Eddie, are you ready to join the MSHS family? I, I, I have serious questions about the security of the building in general. I, and I think it came up through the sewers or like into the bathroom or something, didn't it? So like that's no school could have covered that situation. How, how long is it going to take uh, what the New York public schools to repair the damage done to that building? Too? Well, the good news is the gym is not being used as a gym right now because of the backboard incident. So we're going to be able to put the science rooms in the gym. Oh, oh does this mean Jim's going to be held in the orchestra room? Because that could be a big problem for me. <laughs> I don't even know if they would bother having an orchestra room. <laughs> All right. Even bigger problem then. <laughs> well, seriously, how about your daughters? Like, whatever school they're going to, it's probably not uh-huh. as prestigious as Midtown Science High School. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. They, I guess they could get beat up outside with a big crowd of students cheering on the beating. <laughs> I, You know, I think I'm going to pass, James B. This one, not too appealing for a career move for me. All right. Well, <laughs> check out the reviews on Yelp and Niche.com. Perhaps it'll change your mind. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eddie, what else do you have to talk about today? Oh, just just a few other little small things that I thought were interesting. Spider-Man fights, or the lizard, I should say, moves along the Brooklyn Bridge, and they kind of have a fight. Uh, do you remember who fought on the Brooklyn Bridge with Spider-Man? Um, not positive, so please tell me. It it was Mysterio. That was the first like meeting they had. They fought on the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, you mean I, in the? Co- I'm sorry, you meant in, in the, the book. So that's I, what I meant. We to got say, so much, so many book. mediums to talk about it. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for reminding us. Ah, oh, Mysterio. Uh, Mysterio is one of my, one of my favorite villains, actually. And there's another fight scene that takes place in the school. Do you remember who fought in the school with Spider-Man? I do know that because he was looking for uh, a diploma. That would be my boy uh, Flint Marco, the Sandman. <laughs> the Sandman. He got vacuumed up towards the end. <laughs> I wish the lizard would have got vacuumed up by the school vacuum cleaner, but to no avail. I noticed that the. Uh, the problem involving Captain Stacy, he's he's a much bigger, hey, Spider-Man's a good guy, I'm very interested in him in the comics, where in the movie, not so much a fan of Spider-Man. There's a real about face, which I do think, similar to Flash Thompson, he's really against Spider-Man, and then just goes for it. He's like, Spider-Man, you're, you're great, you need your mask, you need to be Spider-Man. Well, so. th- that also happened in... That also happened in the movie. Uh, he gets delivered all wrapped up to Harry, and he's got, Harry's going to kill him with the dagger. And he's like, this is bigger than me and you. i got to go save uh, MJ. Um, he busts out. Remember that? Um, I don't have anything else on my notes. Did you have anything else? It's amazing the speed at which Spider-Man moves when he's fighting the lizard and just fighting anyone in general. I, I don't know about you, James, but I often worry about Spider-Man getting shot, you know, just by generally speaking. We did get shot in this movie. He did get shot. It's true, which I was surprised it was only once. It seemed to be a very lucky shot. But the speed at which he moves, they have a move, you know, is remarkable. I I guess I don't think about what Spider-Man 
looks like when he's fighting the villains in the comics so much, but seeing it, you know, as close to real life as it might be is very stunning how agile and uh, I think it's appropriate. Yeah, it's more like the Matrix, right? These dodging mm-hmm. bullets. Um, but when he does get shot there, we just read an issue. You recall when Spider-Man is escaping with the whole amnesia thing and he's taken off and uh, John Jameson says, like, get out of here. And then the other soldier's like, I can wing him. You know, I can yes. shoot him. And he's like, no, no, let him go. Well, Captain Stacy did the same thing. He's like, hold your fire. <laughs> you know, the bullet goes yeah. off. He's like, oh, sorry, I should should have said that. <laughs> second earlier because then spider-man's limping along there and i I do think i do think spider-man fighting when he's injured we see this so often in the comic too he's you know whether he has amnesia or he's you know has some injury remember he rolled his i I was thinking about when he rolled his ankle uh against uh blackie gaxton way back when (laughs) it was the first time he really got hurt when he was in a fight and i do i like when spider-man gets hurt and then has to fight doesn't he fight uh, Blackie Drago? Speaking of Blackies, with a <laughs> with a like a uh, arm, his arm in a sling, an arm in a sling, and he has a terrible cold too, right? <laughs> right, and then he tells him he only beat me because I was sick and whatever. Yeah, I think he had his arm in a sling. Someone's gonna call, reach out to us at let's read Spider-Man at gmail.com and be like, no, that was a different issue, and that's fine. We'd love to hear from you on that stuff. So. Um, but yes, he gets he gets hurt here. The the people of New York in the Spider-Man comics from 1962 to 1967 generally opposed to Spider-Man. He's mm-hmm. considered a menace by most of the public, and usually only cheered on by some people and the children. Uh, he got really lucky there that he saved uh, C. Thomas Howell's uh, son there, Jack, because yeah, that guy knows a lot of people. A lot of people and able to mobilize them rapidly. <laughs> yeah, just on his call, and, and it wasn't even like he was the boss. He was like, "Hey, do you know? Remember this guy? He, you know, calling a favor for me, and like, he had all these people that they should have been fleeing the area. There was a fight going on. They were clearing out people, and they're sitting in there and they're in their uh, what do you call those things? Boom, cranes, boom cranes. They're sitting there in their cranes doing their work. They should have been gone." I agree. I agree, James. It's it's a it's a ridiculous situation, but I guess shows Spider-Man's importance to the average citizen of New York. So I guess, kind of, unless you have, I'm going to start to wrap things up here. Unless you have another big one, you're holding back. I I don't think I have anything big that I'm holding back. All right. So I think overall, uh, it's you know, kind of bullet level things that we we noticed. The uh, oh gosh, Doc Connors doesn't have a family, which is a big point in the book that he's always dealing with getting away from his son Billy and keeping his wife safe, and he didn't have a family, Eddie. It, in the last Lizard comic we read, more of that comic was devoted to his family than did the Lizard. It would have been nice for him to have a family. It it's a makes him more multi-dimensional. That that's why I like the Lizard. This Lizard is okay, but I like the comic Lizard a little more. Also, when the lizard goes back and forth, every time he changes back in the comic to Doc Connors, he's clearly good. When he's a lizard, he's clearly bad. Agree? Mm-hmm. Here, yes. here, he was able to be Doc Connors and still be bad because he had the, you know, in his blood already part of the lizard formula. So he was evil when he was in his human form. Did you notice that? It was a much more blurry line as to, you know, 
who he was uh, than right. in the comic. Not so Jekyll and Hyde. It was immediate, you know. Yeah. He had the lizard always. Correct. And then when he got the antidote, he realized his wrong ways because that's when he reaches down and grabs uh, Peter. I don't know if Peter really needed him to grab him there or not, but he does grab him, right? Yes. Yeah, he probably did need him to grab him because he hadn't already smashed at least one, if not both, of his web shooters. So who knows about yes, that? Yes, yes. He was, was kinda, in trouble. I was in trouble there. Um, and then he goes to jail anyway, right, for all his things he does. Like he is arrested, I believe, at the end of the movie. Didn't they say that? At, yeah, he, he gets arrested at the end, and he goes goes to jail. Yeah. Where Doc Connors, in the comic, he always just turns into Doc Connors, and everyone looks the other way, and he goes back to work. I don't know if it's his common knowledge in the comic that he is the lizard, right? That's a big, big change from the book, right? Yeah, so, other right. than his immediate family. The huge changes from the book. Two, <laughs> two, two big problems that we, you know, that that we had to work around. So, did you feel this was a good portrayal for Spider-Man in general? This is never anyone's top three Spider-Man movie. Depending on whoever you talk to, it's. There are people who are going to put Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire at the top. There are people just going to pile on the Tom Holland movies in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Maybe this comes in at fourth. I know some people don't like this series completely because of what happens in the next movie. They're just like, I don't want to re- do either of these movies because they has a sad second movie. Uh, yes. So that's sort of an issue with people for this movie in general. Uh, I, I don't really have much of a problem with it. I I didn't like the change that we had to reboot Spider-Man. I was one of those people like, oh, why are we starting all over again? But if we were going to go with this, you know, that's fine. You could, I'll, I'm, It's a Spider-Man movie. I'm not going to complain that much. And I'm sure I was pretty quickly on board until they changed again and then, you know, mm-hmm. keep changing. So how about you? I, as a kind of diehard comic fan, there's just a lot of changes in this movie from the way he's portrayed in the comics I feel, and I know we didn't go through to discuss all the changes that happened, but everything from Peter's parents, which is causing Peter major trauma towards the beginning, which we never really even discussed Peter's parents in the comic to. Well, we don't just, discuss, we know. haven't discussed them yet. Yes. Right. That but is early, coming. In that the is early coming. comics. This is, I am, I am, I'm not a, I don't know a lot about the future of Spider-Man, but I'm pretty sure that Peter Parker's parents are just, aren't nobodies in the comics. Yes. But I, I guess it depends. There's a lot of blending that happens and choosing, picking and choosing what they like um, from the comics and adapting. And some of the adaptations are okay because obviously it's in a more modern era, but overall, no, not my favorites. That's for sure. All right. Well, we need to wrap things up and we don't have a, uh, we don't have a comic book to look at for our clothes. So go ahead and give me a couple uh, a couple of closes. And... Flash Thompson could be your friend or enemy, depending on the day. Uh, Gwen Stacy is a brilliant scientific genius. Don't make Aunt May walk 12 blocks home at night. If you forget organic eggs, make sure you bring them eventually. If you take off your mask 12 times in a movie, eventually people are going to know who you are. If you want to fight a superhero, just meet at the Brooklyn Bridge. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye.
I had one non-Spider-Man related thing. This is, this is the most bothersome line in the movie. When Gwen hands Captain Stacy the antidote and he goes into the building and like she goes into a car. Do you remember what she says to her dad? I do not. She says, please protect my boyfriend. <laughs> Take care of him. That's what she says. Take care of him. And I'm like, okay, your, boy, your boyfriend of like a month <laughs> is in trouble. And your dad is going to go fight the lizard. <laughs> and you're like, good luck, dad. Please take care of my boyfriend. <laughs> As a father of two daughters, I really hope this doesn't come, come, the situation comes about for me. 